Amen. I'm going to jump right in this morning and uh, just to remind you, my purpose of getting into this study is to arm our people. Uh, I don't want them to be uh, blown with every wind of doctrine uh, as they grow to handle the meat of the Word of God. Uh, but I want to teach them, and I want us to get this, not just so we can stand right positionally, which we need to stand right positionally, so that we can take the wisdom we get from the Word of God and know what these lost people have been taught and their minds have been clouded by so we can use the Scripture and use the wisdom of the Word of God to win them to Christ. That's my goal. Um, I, I don't have a lot of patience with these emerging church quote-unquote pastors. I just do not. I do not have a lot of patience with those that have compromised and are going that way. I just do not. But my heart breaks for those uh, who have been deceived by them. My heart breaks for those. And uh, I mentioned last night that I was going to uh, teach on the once delivered faith. And the Lord has just kind of taken me in a different direction this morning. And Lord willing, I'll get to that tomorrow. I'm going to try and get through two lessons today and about 12 tomorrow. And so uh, we're going to go pretty quickly this morning. Uh, but I've heard, it'll be in 2 Timothy 3 if you want to be turning there. Uh, as I've got, I started teaching this and much of the preaching has touched on some of this, I've heard, uh, some of you have said to me, I've heard in conversations that I've, I've listened to, boy, this is this has happened in my church. And I'm losing couples here. And I'm losing things here. And, and the Lord has just kind of uh, taken me to this lesson I taught uh, because because men, we are right on our position of Scripture. Uh, the Bible is what we stand on. and uh, But they, we, we use, uh, we, are, we are attacked in every way uh, from this terminology and from, from this belief system. And so uh, we face these criticisms. And one thing I wanted to help us with this week is how to answer the criticisms uh, from the Word of God. Uh, truth has always been attacked. I believe it was Brother Allison last night that mentioned you don't you don't you don't you don't battle error with error. Uh, it's truth that we have to have. And so, Second Timothy chapter number three, uh, verse uh, fourteen. Now, let me remind you. Verse one starts. Uh, Paul is writing. Timothy says, "This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come." Paul has written to Timothy, the first book of uh, 1 Timothy, then now 2 Timothy in this letter, and he's giving him all these things to remember and all these things to think of. He gets down to chapter 3, he said, This know also. You better know this too, Timothy, and the last days perilous times shall come. And then in verse 2, 3, and 4, he describes this list of individuals. It's just a vile list. He says, This, this is what's, what's going to be around having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Uh, verse 6, For this sort there which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. But he, he just, he's just laying it out there to us. All these things are going to happen. Then verse 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions. Uh, the persecutions he's endured in verse 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Paul is just laying the encouragement out there for this, this young preacher. Oh, it's just what, you've seen everything, but it's going to be... It's, when last days come, it's not going to be a pretty picture. And then on top of that, verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. They're even going to get worse. Deceiving and being deceived. It is not, he's saying it's not going to be an ideal situation for you to preach the gospel. It's not ideal for you to do ministry. He said those perilous times shall come, and it's going to come in the form of all of these types of individuals. Then they're going to creep into homes. Uh, isn't the Bible so relevant? I taught a lesson, I don't have time, I'll send you the notes on pastorless people and how people can, can now go to the internet and be pastored uh, instead of letting the man of God pastor them. They creep in the homes and lead captivity silly women. Just you can apply that however you want. Ever learning. Like I read some of those definitions from those books yesterday that don't even make sense. They just sound smart. Ever learning but never able to come to the truth. He says, Timothy, if you're going to live godly, persecution, 
will come. But then in verse number 14, he says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. But one thing that bothers me is the excuses that are being made for leaving the faith. Paul paints a clear and an accurate picture of the temperature in society, in religion, that men would face. This morning, I want to, I've titled this Discontinued Christianity. One of the criticisms you will hear of our kind of churches, one that holds to the Word of God, one that still holds to the old-time religion, and still says we're going to keep our hymns, we're going to keep our soul winning, we're going to keep our, our separation, we're going to keep all that. Well, you're losing all of your young people, and that's why. Because the, 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 the preaching, you just, you just can't get up there, and you can't just lay it out like that, and you can't do all these things, and, and you're losing all of this next generation. Well, I'd like to declare this morning that I know one church that isn't losing their, their next generation. Now, we don't keep them all just like you don't keep them all, but we keep a whole lot of them. Now, I'm going to illustrate very quickly this morning, if I could, and this will give an answer to that, well... You can't keep you, all the young people. You're pushing them away because we want to make a separate. Uh, we want to make excuses for this next generation. We want to make excuses for those that come. Very quickly, we find it in verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That word continue means to remain in state or place, to abide for any time indefinitely, not to cease from or to terminate. Paul is saying to Timothy, you remain in your position indefinitely. You, you don't cease from the things that you have been taught. To discontinue means to leave off to cause to cease as a practice or habit to put an end to as to discontinue to interrupt the continuity of Paul says but continue thou but continue thou we want to make one of the problems in, in, in politically in our society is we want to make excuses for individuals for generations Paul writes to Timothy and says all these things are going to take place, but continue. He does not give any reason, any way, any excuse not to continue. I'm going to illustrate uh, this, this morning, uh, if, if I could. Brother Mike, will you come help me? And just stand right down front there. 2 Timothy 2.2 2 was preached on last night. Thou therefore, uh, and the things that thou hast learned of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I'm going to have Brother Mike hold that scripture reference so you can keep it in your mind. This is an individual, as was illustrated last night, who the faith has been handed to him by a faithful man. This is a preacher of the gospel. Me, I was thinking about this early this morning. Uh, we weren't just wandering around and the faith hit us and, oh, we found the faith. No, somebody protected it. You think about from the days of Scripture. Uh, there have been times in history when there's been a lot of faithful men carry the truth. But I believe there have been times in history where there have been very few faithful men hang on to it, but they protected it. They were pre It was precious to them. And they made sure it got passed on and, and passed on to individuals. Preachers, we had it, we've had it handed to us. The faith has been handed to us. This is, this, is, this, is our, this is our young people. They go to our Bible preaching, Bible believing churches. I have pastors who teach them right. I have Sunday school teachers who teach them right. We have parents that have them under the preaching of the Word of God. And that they may not have been saved as a child, but they want their children to know the Word of God. They want their children to grow up a different way. This is the person who has received from a faithful man. I'll tell you, you illustrated last night that generation that passed to me. 
Their responsibility is done. They've they've protected it. They received it from those ahead of them, and they they were faithful to pass it on. I'll use myself as an illustration. I've received it. Their responsibility, as far as this scripture is concerned, is completed. They have been faithful. Now, don't go compromise tomorrow. But uh, they, 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 have been, they have been faithful. Now the responsibility is on who? Me. I've received it. There's a lot of preachers who've received the faith. Now, we just don't know what they're going to do with it yet. Sure. They'll preach the faith today, but that, there's more to it than just preaching the faith today. There's a lot of young people. The, the, the Emmanuel Baptist Church has been going strong for close to four decades and, and the right kind of preaching and the right kind of emphasis. And there's a lot of young people who have benefited from the from that and they're doing right today. We, we've got, to God be the Lord, we've got 24 in Bible college right now. They, 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 they have the faith today. But what are they going to do with it? They've had a faithful pastor. They've had faithful parents. They've had faithful Sunday school teachers. They've had faithful youth workers. Give it to them. They have it. They're enjoying it. They're using it. They're benefiting from it. They're doing good with it. Paul says it's going to get tough. There's perilous times. There's going to be religious people, but they're going to be blasphemers. They're going to be disobedient to parents. Uh, they're going to be false accusers. They're going to be uh, all, all, with unnatural affection. All of these things. Uh, there's going to be some creep into houses, and, and they're going to be deceiving in greater and greater ways, and you're going to be opposed, and you're going to be persecuted. If you live godly, he says, but continue. What is he saying? You better not drop the faith. He's had it. Paul was faithful. Chapter 4, you know chapter 4. My, my time of departure is at hand. I have finished my course. What is finishing that course? Fulfilling the will of God for his life, but passing on the faith to a faithful man. Let me illustrate what is happening with some of our uh, young people and with this, the, the, all of this new emerging church stuff and these young couples who, uh, and what they do is they turn the guilt on us and, and they say, uh, well, if you had done things differently and if you had done this and down here, uh, this isn't a problem with us. And, and so we've got we've to understand what goes on. But continue thou, notice your Bible, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. I'm going to let right over here, Brother Joe, will you come help me? And Brother Joe, I'm just going to let you stand right here. And Job is going to represent the things that thou hast learned. This is the faith. With the faith, I have learned holiness. I've learned soul winning. This, I've learned the truth of Scripture. I've learned the authority of Scripture. This is the faith I've learned over here. So what Paul is saying, he says, faithful man to faithful man, he says, now continue. He said, well, I'm just continuing. I'm still, he says, you continue in the faith. Why? Because there are some things thou hast learned. And can I just say, I've been assured of them. This is holiness. This is righteousness. This is the surrendered life. This is obedience. I've been assured of them. How have I been assured of them? By the authority of Scripture. By the promises of God. By, by, by seeing what God has done. And notice what he says. He says, from a child. Verse 15. From a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. It is a difficult thing for any pastor. And it is a sad thing for those that will grow up in a Bible preaching church. And be taught the faith. And they've been assured of it because they've seen it. They've seen the answers to prayer. They've seen what happens when somebody leaves the faith. They've seen the destruction. They've been assured from the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God. They were in meetings like this where the Holy Spirit of God worked in their heart. They've been assured of it. Now he says, continue thou in the things that thou hast been assured. Now notice this also. Whom, you see in your Bible, whom... Thou hast learned them. Yeah. Continue. 
faithful man to faithful man, 2 Timothy 2.2. I've been faithful to give it to you. There's some things you've learned. I'm letting Brother Joe here represent the things that you have learned and been assured of. And he also says, of whom thou hast learned them. Of whom thou hast learned them. Let me, let me, let me find it. Brother Ryan, come, over, come, come here if you will. Come up here on the platform. Stand over here for me. Brother Ryan is going to represent the whom you, you learned from. This is the pastor. This is your preacher Moore. This is faithful mom and dad. This is the bus worker. This is the Sunday school teacher. This is that person that God intersected your life with their life. One of the purposes for them being on this planet was to hand you what somebody handed them. That nobody may ever know their name, but God placed them on this earth. And part of His will for them was to cross paths with you and give you the faith that somebody has made. See, it does matter. It does matter that your mom and dad have had you in the right place. It does matter that there was a preacher who was faithful to preach the gospel. It does matter. I hear some, some they, 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 we don't keep them all. They, they'll leave and they'll say, well, pastor, it's not personal. I beg to differ with you. It is personal. Because part of what God put me here on this earth to do was to give you the faith. It is personal. And you men know this. Well, it's not personal. For You have to forgive me if I take it personal because I know what it's like to get up in the middle of the night and pray for you. I know what it's like to battle, battle hell for you. I know what it's... I, I know that when I come and the Lord has put something on my heart and I stand behind this pulpit, I know what it means. Forgive me, it is personal. That's why the scripture says, you better continue because some things you know, the faith, the faith holiness, separation, the word of God, soul winning, that, that, is what, that, that is what you have been assured of. And you remember who taught it to you. You remember who gave it to you. Friend, if, if that's motiv motivation enough for me right there to continue those who've assured what have I been assured of? Also, this comes in, Brother Benji, would you help me? Brother Benji's going to South Dakota to start churches in South Dakota. This morning, he's the emerging church. We need to talk about our support. He's the emerging church. They've given him nothing. Nothing. But everybody that Brother Ryan represents in his life have fasted, have prayed, have sacrificed, paid Christian school tuition, have worked a second job to send him to a summer camp, praying through Bible college. That, that, that's they've gone without driven used vehicles lived in smaller houses so they could give to the work of God because they didn't have it but I want my children to have what we didn't have Amen Man of God's faithful but faithful to giving the faith this happens over and over and over again sadly you ask today the soul winning work oh yeah I've been assured of it what about separation what about holiness oh yeah I've been assured of it I've seen it work I've seen what happens when people forsake it he's been handed the faith but now what happens and this is why men we have got to be strong in our separation we've got to be strong in our pulpit that's why I Forgive me if this upsets you and if it ruins all the fellowship we've had this week. I'm not taking my kids to a youth conference where the youth speakers are tied to the emerging church crowd. I am not taking my I am not taking my staff to a conference 
where it's tied to the emerging church crowd. I am not because their mom and dads, I have a responsibility to because of the sacrifice they've made to make sure this generation has the faith. What? They've been assured of these things. Why in the world do I want to expose them where, where everywhere God's put a period and exclamation point, they're drawing a question mark. I've been assured of that. And it, these people have, I, I have a responsibility to them. I have a responsibility to those people in my life who handed me the faith. This, this emerging church crowd who is against everything, it's so ironic. They, 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 they accuse us of being, you're just against everything. But the first words out of their mouth, you say, what do you believe? I, I'm against, I'm against, I'm against, I'm against. Okay, I get it. You're against everything I do. Everything we believe, but what are you for? Uh, finding, I, we're, for, we're, we're for following Christ. Okay, define that. Uh, they, have no, they, have no, they have no doctrinal foundation. They come in, and they come and they say, over here, you can do what you want to do. Over here, you can go where you want to go. That's right. You can be right with God. Let me tell you something. They work in the cubicle next to our young people. They, 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 uh, family members, it's holiday time. Cousins come in and, oh man, this is what we do, and it's, it's, it's this. And, and what it does, is they begin to question the things they've been assured of. And eventually, what happens to some is they, they, they get away from God before, you know the prodigal son, they get away from God, they go to the pig pen, and, and, and they eat after the swine, and eventually they say, what in the world am I doing? I'm going home. Now they go to the pig pen and get their worship on. Now they go to the pig pen, and everybody in the pig pen is saying, You're a pastor. I know he's a good man, but he's a legalist. And whose fault is it that some leave the faith and they go to this emerging church, this non denominational? Whose fault is it? Is it the man of God's fault? Well, we're driving them away because we're, we're mean-spirited in the pulpit. Show me in chapter number 3, verse 14, where Paul gives any excuse, any reason, any explanation to go against 2 Timothy 2.2 and put down the faith and go away. Do not allow people to use excuses so that you feel guilty for what you do. The reason why a generation is leaving because they're rebels. Because they are rebelling against the faith. And here's the hard part. And you young people that are in here, young couples, this is the damage that is being done today. They come to the pig pen. And the world is the world whether you put a, 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 a church tag on it or not. It's the world. Tomorrow, Lord willing... If we get through 14 tomorrow, I'm going to teach everybody believes in separation. Yeah, that's right. Everybody believes in separation. But this now the pig pen having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, but you don't have to change a thing. You can drink your alcohol. You you can live together. You can live with a man or a woman. It doesn't matter. You just because this is a this is a judge. The pig pen's a judge-free zone. We're not going to judge you because we're eating after the same swine you are. This is it. This is the pig pen. And now, instead of I got to get back home, she can't go back home over there. This is what happens too, and this is the tragedy of it. There are lost people that get drawn in to here. They're empty. They sit there and they look at all that stuff and it does absolutely nothing for them. Right. In the enticement of just come as you are and leave as you are, I'm miserable. Why do I want to leave as I am? And then one day, they'll get a track handed to them or an invitation 
to an old-fashioned independent Baptist church. And they'll be talking to one of their dance buddies at church and say, man, I think I'm going to try this out. What they don't know is this guy used to be this guy. There's nothing wrong with the faith. I've been assured of it. I've been assured of it because the Holy Spirit's assured of it. I've been assured of it because there's been faithful people given to me. But I get away from God. I listen to the enticements of the devil that were faithful to give to me. But I have not been faithful to give to somebody else. So I'm leaving. I go to the pig pen. But I can still be a good Christian in the pig pen. I can, I can, I can still worship God in the pig pen. I can, I can still. Oh, we can talk about the, 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 the things of God in the pig pen. But one day, somebody comes and says, oh, just, this isn't for me. i got to invite this Baptist church and, and they're having a special Sunday and, and, and there's just something that's, I'm going to go try it out. But this guy used to be him. Said, you don't want to go there. I used to be one of those independent Baptists. I, let me say it the way they said. I was in the IFB. And they're legalists. They'll try and control your life. And they'll try. See, somebody enticing young preachers to the emerging church, Scripture does not label them like we like to label them. Because when you get over here and you've left the faith, there are people who are going to be looking for the truth, and you've attracted every scorner in the world and when somebody says I, I, I'm going to go over there try don't I used to be part of that I left it they want to control your whole life here's a lost person he doesn't he's never been inside a Baptist church they don't know what it's like to have a man of God with a tear in their eye preach the gospel and say you've got to get saved you've got they've never been in that spirit filled setting where the Holy Spirit of God squeezes their heart they've only felt the enticement of the flesh and they, they squeeze their heart and say I've got to do something I've got to get saved they've never experienced that so this guy once has the faith is now keeping people from the faith. Right. Wow. Yep. God's plan it's good. is 2 Timothy 2 2. Faithful men, be faithful men. Right. Yes, sir. Wherever you are in that, you've got to be faithful. Everybody who is now passing, they received it at one time. If you've received it, it's not your preacher's fault. It's not the movement's fault. If you put it down and you pass it. I felt led to give this today because they like to, it's a hurt. Just listening to preachers. I lost this couple. I lost this young man. I lost this. We would not be human if the thought never crossed our mind. Am I doing everything the way I'm supposed to do? Let me remind you, Paul said, continue that. I want everybody to make it. I want everybody to find the will of God. I want everybody to know the peace. But, I, but, but my responsibility is to give the faith, to give the faith, to give the faith, to give the faith. And if somebody says, you know what, I'm going out here to the, the hog pen of the emerging church. I'm not going over there to get them. Anytime you want the faith back, you know where it's at. Don't be discouraged. It's discouraging, but don't be discouraged because the faith is what we hold to. It's not the problem with the movement. It's not the problem with the, with, with the preacher. You, you preachers, some of you have been preaching much longer than me. You know, there are times we leave the pulpit and it's like, oh, that's what I don't want to give an account for. How inadequate are we? But it's the faith. We've been assured of the faith. Hold to the faith. Discontinue Christianity. It's not the faith problem. It's a problem of rebels. If you get enticed, well, I want to go there. What's the problem? Rebellion. Rebellion. Well, well, I, 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 I just don't think that that's what I want my kids. It's rebellion. Keep the faith. Mom and Dad, pass that faith down. Preacher, continue to pass that faith. This discourages them. Let's find somebody else. Give the faith to. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate that. That discontinued Christianity. Now, with the time I have left, 
turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter number 6. And then we're going to come back to 2 Timothy chapter number 2. So it may be on the same page. You know, if you, when your Bible's open, you can see both of them there. 2 Timothy 6, verse 20 and verse 21. I want to go from that thought to addressing some of the terminology that we hear. Just like on Tuesday morning I taught the methods. Well, that's just methods. Methods are tied to doctrine. Now, another thing they say is it's just the terminology. It's just different words. I believe the Word of God speaks to every uh, thing that we deal with. 1 Timothy chapter number 6, verse 20. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings in oppositions of science falsely so called. Which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. Now, 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 14. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase in the more ungodliness. Now, often we put the emphasis on verse 15, which is a wonderful verse. But verse 14 is tied to it. Verse 16 is tied to it. There's a reason why we study. I want you to notice several phrases in these two passages of Scripture. In verse number 20, profane and vain babblings. Then in verse number 14, strive not about words. And I'll say, there, so, so, see, we're not, it's just, we're not supposed to get strive about words. It's just terminology. Let's, let's complete that thought, to no profit. And that's what we'll point out here in a moment, verse 16. But shun profane and vain babblings. Phraseology in wordplay of the emerging church movement. They'll use terms, phraseology, and there's a reason behind it. If we're not careful, we just keep getting bombarded with them, bombarded with them. We start to use them. But let me remind you, if you go all the way back to where the emerging church, this movement was founded, it was founded by Satan himself. This is not anything of God. It is of seducing spirits. Their phraseology, you're going to hear it. You're going to pick it up. We cannot be sensitive to it. We've got to understand the purpose of it. Now this morning, and I'll not take time to do it, and I wouldn't have time to, to tell you what is meant by everyone, but I'm just going to use some common ones and then use the scripture to talk about the corruption of vain words. I want to use Bible words. I want to use scriptural words. The phraseology and the wordplay of the emerging contemporary movement. You may hear man worship. Oh, this is a this is a postmodern world. I'm going to switch over to this one here. Uh, you hear a lot about the millennial generation. Uh, you hear the terms, of course, purpose-driven. Or you may, when it comes to the Bible, well, in the originals. I love Jesus, not the church. I'm just looking for some authentic worship. I want it to be authentic well, by their own definition in their books, that uh, what is supposedly authentic is that which can rub off on somebody. And we'll be looking for that a long time. Missional. We want to be a missional church. Uh, how is your relation? We've gone from, uh, have you been born again to how's your relation? Do you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? We've gone from, are you saved? Are you 100% sure you're on your way to heaven? How's your relationship with Christ? Usually when you ask a lost person in those terms, uh, it's the same response you ask you get when you ask a couple that is fighting. How's your relationship with you? Oh, it's good. It's good. Well, those hymns, they, they were contemporary when they were written. Oh, you've heard, you've heard that one before. Huh. Huh. I just pulled that one out of the air. I didn't, I didn't know anybody else heard that. Verse number 20 again of 1 Timothy chapter 6. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. 
what has been committed is truth, doctrine, the faith. We just illustrated it in 1 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. So we're to put the brethren in remembrance of the faith. Remembers. Well, you know, this week has been such a blessing to fellowship with the preaching. You know what the preaching has done? It's made us remember some things. Remember salvation. Remember the goodness of God. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, we've already seen it. Of these things put into remembrance. You've got 2 Timothy 2, 2, which we just talked about parallels with chapter 6 of 1 Timothy and verse 20. And the things that thou hast heard of me in many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to commit to others also. See, Paul writes to Timothy and warns him of a danger to what God has entrusted him with. We do not live in a vacuum. You men know this. Where the faith is handed to us and we just, we're, just, we're having a good time with the faith and we just turn and, and hand it to somebody else. As soon as we're handed the faith, all hell attacks the faith. Attacks us as we hold the faith. Why? Because the devil knows. He knows God's plan. He doesn't want it passed to the next person. To every that's why, man, you know this, that, that that's why the people in your church, they're under attack. As soon as they, they, those little children start to grow up and you know how it is they love mom and dad, they're under attack because Satan does not want them to pass that down to another generation. You you, you understand that. But Paul writes to Timothy and warns him of something that is a danger to the faith. Now, you know, he, we were told to flee youthful lust. We were told to mortify our members. And we ought to preach on that stuff because it's true. We, we've got to stay away from the flesh. But he says there's something else that is a great danger that I'm afraid we don't talk about enough. That we overlook and is here in these passages of Scripture. He said, there's a danger to what you've been entrusted with and it's profane and vain babblings. He mentions it in, in, uh, in verse number 20 of chapter 6, verse number 16 of chapter 2 of 2 Timothy. And he talks about the words that are in verse 14. Strive not about words to no profit. Now let me uh, mention some facts about these terms that we, we see. First of all, we're not to strive to, with words to no profit. What does the Bible say? Words that have no benefit. They have no building. They have no strengthening. I want to use the Word of God to help build a life. I want to use the Word of God to strengthen. My goal and your goal, men, you know this, is when we get up, is not to add confusion but to just give the truth of the Word of God, there's a benefit of that. It's to, it, there's no advancing the cause of Christ. See, the word missional doesn't build anybody. The word paradigm doesn't build or advance the cause of Christ. How in the world is today we're going to contextualize the Scripture? How in the world is that building and strengthening somebody who's been saved three and a half weeks? It doesn't build anybody. Well, we're a vintage church. I, I, I've, I've got books to explain what that is, and I still can't figure out what a vintage church is. I, why don't we just say, I've got a New Testament church. Amen. I'm getting ahead of myself, but there's a reason why they use the word vintage. And when you press them on, oh, it just means we go back and we want to be just like the churches that, that are in the Bible. Well, why don't you say that? Because not everybody, somebody who hasn't been saved very long, somebody who's, who, who is uh, in, the, in the faith, they don't want to say New Testament church because they're not a New Testament church. Those words have no profit at all. But there are words that we use that do have a profit. Notice number two, and I've got to hurry, their purpose is to unsettle the hearer. Verse 14, of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. I'm telling you, as I was studying this and, and, I came, and I read this scripture, Holy Spirit just shone a light on it and said, that's it. That's why they're doing it. The purpose is to unsettle the hearer, to subvert the hearer. If you know it's true because when they say use those words around you, it unsettles you. 
you go to that conference and you're like, man, I, I haven't heard that word used like that before. It's just different. It unsettles you. It's designed to do it. You hear these words and you get these advertisements of these, these emerging churches and all this thing. And you hear these words. Imagine somebody who, who's in the Word of God daily, preaches the Word of God. If, if, if we don't even understand what they mean, somebody who's, who, who, who has been saved two and a half weeks or two and a half years, they hear these words. There's still things in the Bible. They're still trying to figure out words they still haven't even heard. And here comes religious people giving these other words. The purpose is to unsettle the hearer, but to the subverting of the hearer. You see in your Bible? The word subvert means to corrupt, to confound, to pervert the mind, and turn it from the truth. These phrases and words that the contemporary crowd uses have a distinct purpose. A distinct purpose. Would you like to start your relationship with Christ? How many of you are saved? Do you have a relationship with Christ? It is a personal relationship with Christ. But you didn't have a personal relationship with Christ because somebody asked you, would you like to have a personal relationship with Christ? I believe Brother Allison last night just preached that he asked the question. 80% of people said, I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. I, the, the words relationship never even crossed my mind. So how do I stay out of that place because I'm a sinner? Well, the Lord Jesus did that for me. And I discovered after salvation, he's my personal savior. I have a relationship with him. But now it's like, hey, check the box. Do you want a relationship with Christ? What person is going to say no to that? I'm looking for a relationship. and you, I, get, I have a relationship with Christ. Do you want to get saved? Is much different. Trust Christ as your sake. Much different. See, their purpose is to unsettle the hearer. Uh, this, take those words and vain babblings, takes the focus off of the truth and places it on personality and in the process clouds the truth with human reason and passion. It takes it off of the truth. One, well-known blogger has, 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 has instructed all of us to stop using church words in church. I, I'm, not, I'm not joking. So that the unchurched while you're in church are not confused. I, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> They don't know church words, so they feel uncomfortable. So, don't use church words. There's a purpose behind that. Don't use Bible words. Its purpose is to confuse. Its purpose is to put the focus on personality. It's designed to, I've got to hurry, place doubt in truth, in doctrine, in faith. Let me run very quickly here. I hope I'm making sense this morning. Man worship. I don't believe in worshiping a man. I don't believe that at all. But I get weary. You just worship Jack Hobbs. If you say that to me, you one, you don't know me at all. I, I don't want to say you're an idiot, but well, you, you, yeah, you just worship. Oh, you go down to that that Baptist church; they worship their pastor. Friend, you and I both know we get up on a weekly basis and say, "Look to him, look to him, look to him." Well, why would they say, I've never, I've got a lot, God's blessed me with a lot of preacher friends, made some more this week. I don't know one that believes that they should be worshipped. Matter of fact, the ones I know are humble and, and, and they deserve more honor than they get. They reject it. They push it away because they don't want people looking at him. I don't know a man that wants people to worship him. But let me tell you the purpose behind that. It's an attack on pastoral authority. It's an attack on a pastor-led church. It's so you can usher in discussions. That's not, that's not 
uh, the word of God. You hear, you want to drop the word uh, uh, fundamental. And you want to use all kinds of excuses because, you know, you know the, 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 the Muslim terrorists, they call themselves fundamentalists. And we don't want to be associated with that. Well, if you have a problem with your people being confused, because you use the word fundamentalist with, 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 with ISIS, you have got bigger problems than using that word fundamental. But there is a purpose behind it. Drop the word. There's a reason for that. In the originals is just to put doubt on that Bible, the Word of God. I call this just a love Jesus and not the truth. Or not the church. Love Jesus and not the church. Well, everybody, I, every, every man I know, none of them put the church above Jesus. We know He's the cornerstone. Of the church, but why do this? And you know, you know we do. We, 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 we're we're, just, we're, we're, we're put, back, put back a little bit. But we, we love Jesus more than a church. Why are they saying that about me? Do they think I love Jesus? Do they think I love my church more than Jesus? What do I need to? But what they're they, what they're doing is encouraging people to leave the church. You don't need the church. You don't need to assemble. With all this emphasis of placed on millennial, and, and there'll be another generation that comes, they'll put what it is is it, it, it's a, it's a pushing a narrative that there's an exception to truth. There's an exception to authority. I mean, I just want we have authentic worship. It's authentic. And I, I, I saw somebody who's been a while back, and they used the word authentic. So much that I didn't think they were very authentic. <laughs> Who uses that word in every other sentence? But it's attack. It's an attack on separation and holiness in Bible tradition. Very quickly, I'm out of town this morning. We find profane and vain babblings lead to doctrinal error and ungodliness. See, they do the same thing with words as they do with methods. That doctrine's attached to methods. You can't take the methods of the emerging church without getting doctrine because it's born out of doctrine. Why do we believe in soul winning? Why do we believe in person to person, house to house? Because it's tied to our doctrine. That's why we believe that. Words are the same thing. It's just a word. It's just a word. It's just a word. But these profane and vain babblings lead to the subverting of the hearer, but they lead to doctrinal error and ungodliness. You don't believe me? Look at Scripture, verse 21, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. We've got to be very, very careful that we don't bridge that which our people would never be exposed to. We've got to be very careful not to be influenced by those who are the bridge. Right. But what we would never be exposed to. Some professing have erred concerning the faith. But 2 Timothy 2, verse 16, but shun profane and vain babblings, but they will increase unto more ungodliness. What do these words lead to? They, the Bible says they lead to doctrinal error and more ungodliness. Has anybody ever left your Bible preaching independent Baptist church and going to one of these emerging churches and their standards going up. Their standards been higher. Their, their soul winning been greater. Has, it, is it, has, has anybody ever... You know that's not the way it is. But we're just a missional church. It's authentic. No, the vain babblings are created to create doubt and confusion. I'm sitting around. Now, is this an authentic church? They say they're an authentic church. Well, this is an authentic. They're an imposter church to create confusion in the life of, of in the mind of people, and it leads to doctrinal error. The crowd that uses terms and words designed to subvert and not strengthen are those leaving truth and in embracing carnality. And that's why I've, I've told this just these Baptists, they, 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 they're, they're, they're baptizing so many people. Relationship with Christ. Choose Christ. There's no conviction, no confession. means there's no conversion. Right. So, you know, the, 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 the ter they use these terminology to think people. Some people think they're saved. How do we keep, very quickly, how do we keep that which is committed to us? 
We've seen the purpose of these vain words, profane words. But he says to keep. How do we do that? Very, very quickly. I'll, I'll go through this very quickly. Of these things, put them in remembrance. Verse 14 of chapter 2, verse 2 Timothy. Charging them before the Lord. Do they strive not about words? Let's remember our audience before the Lord. It's His faith. It's not the previous generation's faith that you're throwing stones at. It's God's faith. Amen. Uh, young person, it's not your parents' faith. It's God's faith. Amen. Me to God, we go to the pulpit. It's not our faith. You know what I mean by that? It's, it's His faith. Remember our audience. It's His faith. It's His doctrine. It's His truth. The true champion of truth must be willing to remove himself and remember the cause is not his own, but God's. Not only do we remember our audience, but number two, we see in verse 15, study, to show that self-approving to God's study. We cannot stick our head in the sand. Study, study, study. First, and then number three, we shun. But shun profane and vain babblings. Verse 16, where they will, for they will increase. The word shun means avoid. You listen to the rest of this definition. Avoid not to mix or associate with. If I understand my Bible correctly, and I believe that I do, that when it comes to these profane and vain babblings that are designed to subvert the hearer, create doubt in them, I'm to remember my audience. I'm to study. And I'm to shun. I'm to shun. Uh, read this book. I'm to shun. I don't want to mix. Stay away from. Uh, let's let's understand that these words. I'll, I'll stick. I'll stick with my Bible words. Uh, I'll stick with. Uh, are you born again? Do you know for sure you're on your way to heaven? Uh, I'm preaching that we need to be saved. Uh, you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ.